What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This is Andy Gutierrez from StarWars.com, and you are listening to Coffee with Kenobi with Dan Z. This is the podcast you're looking for. This is James Arnold Taylor, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. Hmm, I have a good feeling about this. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kenobi, show number 513. This is your spoiler-free place for Star Wars community and conversation. I'm your host, Dan Zare. Thrilled to be talking Star Wars with each and every one of you. You can support Coffee with Kenobi by following the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and TikTok, and subscribing to the YouTube channel. Help spread the word by tweeting that you're listening, share it on Facebook, or invite your friends and family to tune in and share a cup of coffee with us. CWK is a proud sponsor of the Spreaker Prime program. Join the CWK Alliance at www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash Alliance for as little as $1 a month and get access to exclusive podcasts, videos, and much more. A big thank you to MEI and Mouse Fan Travel for a no-cost, no-obligation quote. Let them know that Coffee with Kenobi and Dan Zare sent you at www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash Travel. On today's show... Greg Cass and Jay Krebs join me as we take a closer look at what top five things Return of the Jedi teaches us. So pull up a chair, grab your favorite coffee mug, and let's have some coffee with Kenobi. Joining us today for a cup of coffee to talk about the top five things we have learned or we can learn from Return of the Jedi is one returning guest and one new guest to Coffee with Kenobi. First, we'll bring in returning guest from Podcast Stardust, Jay Krebs. Hello, it's so great to be back on Coffee with Kenobi again. Dan, thank you so much for inviting me, and I'm so looking forward to this. Yes, well, I'm I'm glad to have you on. I, I needed to have some educators, and of course, I know you are a premier educator and have been doing so for a long time. We also have an educator at the university level. We have Greg Cass from Eye on Ken and Greg's first time on Coffee with Kenobi. Greg, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. It's it's truly an honor. I've been a listener since uh, you know long, long ago. So it's it's a pleasure to get to have a great conversation tonight. Oh man, well it, it's a pleasure to have you. But I had a great time uh, with you and Greg on the Rebel Base Card, breaking down the book of Boba Fett. And I remember thinking, okay, I've got to have Greg on. So this is going to be <laughs> a lot of fun. We're going to look at as we've done with Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back. We're going to look at the top five things Return of the Jedi teaches us. And Greg, since you are new to the show. Why don't I have you go first with your number five? Sure. Uh, So my number five is going to pull a quote from towards the end of the movie, but it actually is about the beginning of the movie to me. And that is faith in your friends is not a weakness. Uh, Mm -hmm. As I thought about Return of the Jedi and I thought about um, kind of some of the themes that run all the way through, the thing that came to mind is the main crew are constantly going back and saving each other, right? And it it kicks off at the beginning with everyone going to save Han Solo at Jabba's Palace, one of my favorite parts of the film. Uh, And then it continues all the way through. When when Leia gets lost, uh, you know, they they all uh, 
you know, uh, break off from the main rebel group to to go find her with the Ewoks. Um, and Lando, towards the end, has faith that Han Solo will bring down the shield. So I think, you know, as as we look at that crew, the, the lesson is you're going to have friends that have your back and loyalty will matter. I love that. What a one. great way to kick it off. Yeah, that, that I don't know. There probably will be some overlap, but I think that's an important part of this. And I think that's one of the great things about this whole franchise in general. Return of the Jedi really puts a nice little spotlight on it. So thank you, Greg, for that first one. Jay, we are to you for your number five. All right, for sure. And Greg, I just want to echo what you just said, too, because I actually had a similar one in there um, that basically kind of bounces right off of that. And it also reminds me of a great quote from Rose Tico. You know, we're not going to win by fighting what we hate, but saving what we love. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a perfect way to start it out for sure. So, you know, Return of the Jedi has just been for me, I think, when I first came of age at the age of 13, you know, and really started to appreciate some of the themes that were in Star Wars. And I really feel that I've come to appreciate so much more just as I've gotten older. And we won't say how old I am, but, you know, we'll, we'll leave that to the, to the guesswork. But, you know, it's evolved so much, but there's still one that always sticks with me so much. And it's Obi-Wan's. So what I told you was true from a certain point of view, right? So, you know, here we have Luke basically admonishing Obi-Wan for what he said. And he said, but, you know, your father was seduced by the dark side of the force. He ceased to be Anakin Skywalker and became Darth Vader. And when that happened, the good man who was your father was destroyed. So one of the things that I I pull out of this when Obi-Wan says, you'll find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our point of view, is just the idea that, you know, not necessarily to be distrusting, but just to question things. You know, don't take everything at face value. Peel back the layers. See what's inside. And, you know, especially in the day right now of social media, I I try to tell my students this as well. You know, there's so many things out there on social media. And what can you believe? What is true? What is being put at you from a certain point of view? And I also think that it can mean, you know, just never lose the ability to ask questions, you know, namely, why? And, you know, I just I think that point of view thing is just it can be taken in so many different ways. And, you know, that's just one of the ways that it speaks to me. I love that. I love that so much. There's a yeah, that I think yours kind of ties into my number five, although it'd be from a little bit of a different perspective. We talked about this before we actually uh, started doing the show that there may be some overlap because there's some very powerful themes here that you can't but help gravitate towards. And for me, my number five is simply community. At the end of Return of the Jedi, there's the great scene, uh, the great snapshot that we know so well of everyone standing in front of this, like, you know, there's the fire in the background, there's a celebration, all this stuff, and Lando and Ewoks, and everyone's dancing and clapping, and they're hugging, and you've got a force, a ghost uh, in the vicinity, you know, basically all kinds of different species and personalities and points of view, but at the end of the day, they all work together for a common goal, and and they form a community. Yes, it's uh, in this story, it is to defeat the Empire and create, uh, you know, a free world or worlds throughout the galaxy. But really, it's about them coming together. You know, the, this doesn't happen without the Ewoks. You know, say what you will about the Ewoks. If you don't have the Ewoks' help, you're not going to defeat the Empire. That's huge. And the reason mm-hmm. that happens is because Leia, who's a diplomat, also has an incredibly empathetic 
and she connects with with Wicket and the other Ewoks and shows them it doesn't matter that we look differently or that we act differently or that you're covered in fur and I'm not. What matters is that we both are kind. We both care about people. We both fight for our people. We have much more in common than we do differently. And I feel like this movie in particular in the original trilogy really showcases. I mean, that's why it's an alliance. That's why it's a rebel alliance. You know, just like the CWK Alliance, like we come together to celebrate love or passion for something. For the CWK Alliance, it's Star Wars. For the Rebel Alliance, it's freedom and to be able to stay away from tyranny of the Empire and be able to make your own choices in life. And I feel like the community that is built because of these friendships and this loyalty is what helps them to become free. Oh, absolutely. And if, if I could echo that as well, Dan, real quick, I had something similar in my notes as well, because as you said, there's so much overlap, but I had written down a common goal can transcend many borders. And so mm. when, you know, they're, they're telling the story and 3PO is telling the story of how they got there and putting in all of the sound effects and just kind of going through the whole thing. And the Ewoks were completely enamored by that and they were moved. They were motivated by that. And then you even see Han and Leia kind of taking it in and Leia leaning on Han and almost like, gosh, we lived through this. This was us. This is this is our story that 3PO is telling. And it did build that community. And then all of a sudden you hear the boom, 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 boom. We are now part of the tribe. So, you know, it really is. I mean, it's true. It's community. And it's so, so incredibly important. And, you know, community slash family friends, you know, as, as Greg pointed out at the very beginning as well, you know, it's, it's just, it's a great common theme. Absolutely. And who knew that Jay came with their own soundtrack? How great is that? (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't a sound machine. That was, wow. Impressive. Yeah. I have many, you'll find I have many talents. (laughs) There you go. Well, Greg, we are back to you with your number four. And it's an easy uh, transition to make because it was exactly the theme I was working on. I called it Open Your Tribe, right? Um, And something Mm. I talk to my students about today, especially when we think about those of us privileged enough to have access to universities and to get to study uh, for a time in our lives at least, is uh, we get too closed in to our own tribe and our own dynamics of who's, who's with us, who's against us, who's on this side of the issue, who's on that side of the issue. And I absolutely disagree with what you both just said, that part of the beauty of Return of the Jedi is there's this opening of the tribe in both directions, right? The, I mean, I can't do the drums as, as Jay just did, but yeah. the opening of the tribe um, comes in this moment where you understood, uh, the, the Ewoks understood where the heroes had come from. And that is the lesson to me, is when you have somebody who's outside your tribe that you don't think belongs with you or has some values you're against, start to try to think about how they got there, how they ended up on your uh, over your cooking fire, I guess, uh, and yeah. think about who they are and, uh, and what they might have been through. And when we reach that understanding, we build on that empathy, as, as you said, Dan, and uh, we open our tribe. And at the same time, you have Han Solo undergoing the opposite side of that, which is totally dismissive um, to the point where he said, you know, uh, when when the Ewok scares the scout troopers away or, or draws them away, he says, not not too bad. Right. He finally comes to respect his tribe. And and now there's there's this exchange going in both directions. So a, a real lesson for 2022 America, I feel like, is open sure. your tribe. And I love that you point out the example of Han Solo uh, with 
Pablo, right? I believe it's Pablo that jumps on that speeder bike. Mm. And, you know, that's like a fun little throwaway line that adds a little interesting little twist. But yeah, I think it's pretty impactful that shows Han, even Han's a part of this, which is important because he's part of the tribe too. Love that. Love that. For sure. Okay, for Jay, sure. we're back to you with number four. Oh gosh, this is so difficult because I, I have so many different ways that I could go with this and I'm, I'm trying to save my favorite for the end and hopefully it'll still be there. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm going to go next with Luke and Leia on Endor in the Ewok village as they're on the bridge. There's a lot of bridge scenes in this movie, if we think about it. And basically Luke is telling Leia that they are brother and sister, you know, just to, to kind of put it all together. And he says, the force is strong in my family. Uh, my father has it. I have it. And my sister has it. And before that though, he, he's talking to Leia and she says, you, you have a power I don't understand and could never have. And he says, no, you're wrong. You have that power too. And in time you'll learn to use it as I have. And so it just constantly reminds me, I know, you know, in this particular scene, it's about revealing this family legacy and just basically telling Leia, you're going to have this power. But I think for me as a teacher and for, as for my students, it's just the realization of what students are capable of. They may not know it. You know, they may not think they've got it in them as Leia didn't believe she had it in her. You know, she didn't have the force. It's, it's a power she'll never understand. And especially, you know, Dan, you know that I teach a lot of hands-on life skills, family and consumer sciences. So I have kids all the time that in, whether it's in culinary class or learning a new skill, whatever it is, they don't believe in their self, in themselves. And they don't believe that they can have the power to do some of these new skills and some of these new things. And realistically, it just needs to be uncovered. And it ne they need someone to say, no, you have this power. You can do this. And you just have to believe it. That's right. You have to believe it. You have to self-actualize it. Mm -hmm. And that's good. And by the way, like I said earlier, if 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 your number one is taken, don't worry about it because you're going to have a different <laughs> way to explain it than we will. So we want we want we want your certain point of view. Well, thank you. <laughs> of course. My number four is never give up. Be tenacious. Right. And, and incredible, and especially in, in when you're in front of overwhelming obstacles and odds that seem against you. You know, uh, Luke and Leia have every reason to give up because they've lost their friends across the galaxies with Jabba the Hutt. You know, uh, all the intricacies that went into rescuing him were daunting. They didn't give up. When they were there, then they're all captured. Luke almost gets eaten by a Rancor. Doesn't give mm -hmm. up. You know, uh, when they're about to be thrown into the starlight pit, Luke's overwhelming hope and optimism and belief in himself and in the Force is because he doesn't give up. And then throughout it, I mean, I haven't even scratched the surface. Look at the ending. You know, Luke has every reason to give up. Uh, the Emperor is about to kill him, and he still doesn't. He still holds true to his beliefs. He refuses to sacrifice who he is and what he believes in. And I think that's very inspiring. And, and I always knew that that was a big part of this movie, but I don't think I ever really quite fleshed it out for myself. And so I started making this list for our show today. So I'm grateful for the opportunity to share that. So thank you both for being my muses for that one. <laughs>
Absolutely. And there's so many David and Goliath moments in this movie, I feel as well, you know, and you pointed out definitely a few of those. I mean, you've got Leia defeating Jabba, the Ewoks versus the Empire, obviously, you know, Luke versus the Rancor, which you pointed out, just the Sarlacc pit in general. And I actually had that in capital letters, don't give up. And to Mm. steal from Ahsoka Tano, you don't have to look tough to be tough. Oh, nice. (laughs) I would just merge what you both said right there, you know, for your two points, because so many students I encounter have given up because Mm -hmm. they don't believe they have that power or somebody somewhere along the line has told them they don't have that power or they could never have that power. And so, you know, as an educator, I'm sure you both and, and I as well, we just, you have to break down whatever kind of, whatever they've been told that's wrong about themselves and help them believe that they can't give up on themselves. Here, here, one hundred percent. It's perfect. So, Greg, we are back to you for number three. Number three is is my first uh, repeat, uh, one that was already mentioned, but I can't talk about Star Wars without talking about Kenobi, especially on Coffee with Kenobi. Uh, so, absolutely on my list is the great lesson from Old Ben, um, where he tells us, uh, you know, many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. And and Jay already spoke eloquently on it, but I've always. I I find that that moment becomes comedic, especially after the prequels, right? That everybody really sees how much of a deception it was. And we uh, laugh a lot about, um, about, uh, you know, Obi-Wan's, you know, not telling the truth all the way along. But I really think he is purposeful in his deception and he's trying to make sure Luke stays on the right path to where he needs to be. And he's given him one truth to cling to. And then he's switching to another truth that he, uh, you know, now he is ready for and will understand the full galaxy and his place within it. Um, And so as I reflect on that and who I am, I have lots of beliefs and uh, I'm not talking necessarily about big, big, uh, you know, religious beliefs or anything, but we all have truths that we cling to, values that we hold at the center of who we think we are. And um, to recognize that part of growth and change and self-actualization is questioning those truths and making sure that we understand the other points of view that, um, people may hold about those same ideas. And I think all of that helps uh, me think through, uh, you know, myself in uh, the shadow of the greatest teacher of the saga, sorry, Yoda, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. (laughs) Oh, so good. Yeah, so good. There's not much I can add to that. I think you, I think you, I think you hit that on that. I think you've done this before, Greg. (laughs) And I love the fact that you brought up the comedic aspect of it, too, because if you've ever seen Robot Chicken, you know there's a whole musical number devoted to that as well. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Okay, Jay, we are back to you for number three. Okay, so my number three is just simply to be humble, that there's a time to be humble. And this comes from when Luke, after he levitates C-3PO to try to get the Ewoks, you know, to free them. And he looks over at 3PO and just simply says, thanks, 3PO. And 3PO says, I never knew I had it in me, you know? And so it's, to me, it's it's just saying, 
you know, sometimes, yeah, it's great to be able to take credit for things. And it's great to be able to say, yes, I did this. This was me. But there's also times where it's nice to just be humble and let other people come to the limelight and let others enjoy that spotlight. And in this case, it was 3PO, you know, and, and I think it, even though it was a very, once again, a comedic moment, I think that it's, it just gives us a really good life lesson in just being humble sometimes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I feel like Luke's humility is what helps him to kind of get out of his own way and be a, a Jedi too. Absolutely. My number three is specifically, I guess, well, it's related to a lot of characters now that I think about it, but my number three is new beginnings. You know, it's very, very easy to uh, pigeonhole someone into a mistake or create it as a character flaw or a personality quirk that is forever, you know, a part of them. I feel like that's a slippery slope. And I think the right way to do it, my way that I do it, at least in my family, is we subscribe to forgiveness and new beginnings. You know, it'd be very, very easy for Han Solo when he comes out of uh, carbon carbonation or carb carbonation because he's a soda <laughs> pop because he comes out of gar carb Han soda. Han soda. There you go. I like Coke Zero, but Han Solo is pretty good too. So when he comes out of carbonite, he could be the same guy, but that's impossible because he has he has he's rebaptized right into a new person. He has thought and become a brand new person. Uh, he's different. He's got he's got a new outlook on life. I feel like it's obviously true for Darth Vader. That's the easy one. I'll get to that later in my list. But I want to really focus on Lando Calrissian at the end of the Empire Strikes Back. You know, Billy D. Williams has said forever, you know, why did you betray Hansel? That's the number one thing that fans still ask mm. Billy D. Williams. The number one thing. But, and that his characters could have done that too. Yes, Charles Soule's uh, Star Wars run has addressed this in, in many ways. We'll just stick to the movies for this one. He, Lando gave up Han Solo to try to save himself, thinking he would save Chewie and Leia. But obviously, we know that that did not work out, and, and a, a major piece of cinema history was born. So it's been a year between Empire and Jedi in the timeline, and they've given Lando a new chance to watch that he's a general. So something happened that showed them, you know what? He made a massive mistake. It almost cost our friend his life, but he's trying. He's trying to do right. He's trying to make amends. He's trying to be better, and he is better. He blows up the second Death Star, right? He does a lot of things selflessly. I think that's one of his uh, important parts of his journey. I feel like a lot of this is about being selfless too, apparently. But ultimately for him and the fact that his friends are open their hearts to him, he gets a new beginning. And I think that's that's definitely something that Return of the Jedi can and should teach us. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. That's so relatable. And I think a lot of that too is so substantial because you're right. We often focus on people could do a thousand things, right? But we mm -hmm. tend to focus on the one thing that they do wrong. And I know that mm -hmm. we even do that as educators, you know, that we'll, sure. we'll beat ourselves up for the one thing that didn't go right that day. Or I just think that's human nature. And so having that fresh start every day is as absolutely amazing. That's, that's a great one. I love it. Very good. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a quick break. We will return with uh, our top two things that Return of the Jedi teaches us. This is Coffee with Kenobi. 
This is Vanessa Marshall, and you're listening to Coffee with Kenobi. We are back talking about the top five things Return of the Jedi teaches us. And Greg, we are back to you. We've got two left, and you are starting off our the second half of the show with your number two. Oh, they're getting big now. Uh, you know, all the lessons we've we've all been sharing are, are so important, but it, it feels like as I get to the top of my list, it's it's like the real core of values things. So um, <clears throat> I'm going to use a last Jedi quote to open this one up, which is, we are what they grow beyond. That is the burden mm-hmm. of all masters. And one of the things I uh, enjoyed about your your conversation with uh, Tom and Colby uh, about Empire Strikes Back is how we take from that that we as students, when we are in the student role, we have to trust our masters and we have to not bring our weapons into the cave and not necessarily Mm -hmm. run away. And what I love about Return of the Jedi is I feel that the final moments are actually the inversion of that, which is Yoda and Obi-Wan don't see the full picture anymore, right? They still believe that Vader has to be destroyed and that their mission to raise Luke and to prepare Luke for this is so Luke can destroy Vader. Um, And it's the first time Luke comes out from beyond his masters. And he says, no, there's, there's another way. And it's Luke's attachments, which, uh, you know, especially after the prequels, we now understand is something Obi-Wan and Yoda never understood that attachment doesn't have to be evil. Attachment can be the source of life and the force, just like so many other things. And so it's Luke's, uh, you know, growing beyond his masters to have that feeling that he can redeem his father, where um, the student becomes the master. And um, as, uh, you know, I look at the final moments uh with Hayden and or Sebastian, uh, whichever you prefer, uh, uh, watching on alongside Yoda and Obi-Wan at the triumphant Ewok village, I think it's the recognition of, okay, this guy did it. <laughs> like, uh, you know, Luke found the right path forward and he became something that we could not be. And so I think a, a reminder to all of us who are educators and who teach is that if we do our job right, we should be obsolete eventually, uh, mm-hmm. at least in the lives of individual students anyway. Let's hope. <laughs> yes. No, that's super true. Super true. Beautiful. If you're trying to audition for The Last Jedi show, I think you I think you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Mm, yeah, there's a wow. There's a lot I could say there, but I'm going to save that. But that that's so good, Greg. Well, you definitely saved a, a top one for your number two, Jay. Pressure's on, my friend. Mm-hmm. What is your number two? <laughs> well, okay, so I'm saving because a lot of what Greg just said uh, kind of ties into my number one. So I'm going to be saving that one. So my number two, once again, kind of bounces off of what you and Tom and Colby said last episode as well, Dan, in Empire Strikes Back. You said that there was a a poster in your classroom or in your school that, and I'm probably going to butcher this, so I'm going to apologize right now, that is says, don't let a temporary emotion lead to a permanent decision. Is that, did I quote that correctly? That's correct. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So that for me is exactly what Luke is doing in basically the third act of this entire movie is that he is trying to stay true to himself 
even when the emperor is trying to goad him into, you know, I feel your anger, take your weapon, strike me down, you know, all of those things. And, and Luke is, he wants to do it. And he even looks at his saber and then he says, he just, no. And he calms himself and he turns back to the window. And then, you know, finally he says, no, I'm a Jedi, like my father before me. So he was able to put things into perspective. He was able to, you know, engage his frontal lobe, I guess you could say, and make some good rational decisions, but he did not allow his emotions to completely rule him. And it was because also Greg kind of bouncing off what you just said as well with his attachment to his friends and his father and all of that, that enabled him to keep his emotions in check as well. So yeah, so that's my number two for me. Oh, I love it. Well, that's your number two. I can't and wait to hear what your number one's going to be. All right. Nicely done. Nicely <laughs> done. You. Sure. My number two is simply forgiveness. You know, there's a, I think there's a, when, before I became a teacher, I was in youth ministry and I actually had a thing for, um, well, I had the entire night was themed around Star Wars. And I talked about uh, a couple of things, but one of the first things was forgiveness. And the fact that Luke Skywalker models the Christian idea of forgiving, forgiving others, right? He has every reason you can imagine to hate Darth Vader, to want to destroy Darth Vader, to be perpetually angry at him. Certainly it is not, not, not about helping him or saving him, but he forgives him it, with that forgiveness he finds peace. He's able to confront him. He even turns himself over to the empire when Vader takes his, even though we know it's going to happen when Vader turns on Luke's lightsaber on that little bridge off of the Adat, you can't help but jump because it's just like so startling. I see you've constructed a new lightsaber, right? All these telltale signs, what, what Luke saw with what happened to Obi-Wan Kenobi and a new hope, but you know, we know the list of course, but he forgives you know, Leia forgives Han for all of his frustrating transgressions. Uh, Han Solo forgives himself uh, for being so selfish for such a very, very long time. And finally, he's thinking about other people consistently and openly, right? There's just there's a lot of great stuff there with the power of forgiveness. And I think it's, it's really, really important, especially um, as, a, as a Christian and a Catholic myself. So forgiveness is my number two. That's perfect. And only through forgiveness can you have redemption. And I, you know, that's the bottom line of everything that's happening in this movie as it comes to its, its conclusion. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Very good. All right. Well then Greg, your top thing, the return of the Jedi teaches us, take it away, my friend. Jay just predicted it. Uh, it was beautiful. Ooh. We're doing uh, Johnny Carson with the envelope on his forehead, I think, uh -huh. uh, because mine is no one is beyond redemption. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, when uh, I, I am not as good about attending church as I should, but one of the little phrases I always took from the prayers at, at my church was hold fast to that which is good. And when I look at the last act of Return of the Jedi, which um, for me is as good as Star Wars gets in, in so many ways, um, it just feels to me like Luke is holding fast to the good that he knows is in Darth Vader and is in his father. And to have this kind of unbelievable faith um, 
that it exists, right? Because Kenobi, again, my beloved Kenobi has already told him like, no, he's just twisted and evil now. Don't don't even think about it. But Luke holds fast to that which is good and is so determined uh, to find that redemption for, for Darth Vader. And, you know, I, so often when I listen to your show, Dan, and, and you talk about myth and how myth is a reflection of who we are and what we value and, and what we want to pass to another generation, I can't think of anything more radical for George Lucas to have asserted in, you know, 1983 uh, to say no one is beyond redemption. And a reminder to all of us in our, you know, modern uh, fallen state in so many ways that, uh, you know, uh, nobody's beyond redemption. And if somebody is trying to uh, point themselves that way, maybe we should slow the cancel down. Maybe we shouldn't hit the block button so fast and and listen a little more to uh, to them as they try to redeem themselves and, and help them on that path. So, um you know, I think you could easily argue that maybe somebody who killed all the younglings and a lot of Jedi should be beyond redemption. But how radical to believe that anybody can come back. It's probably the most powerful theme in all of Star Wars. And, it, and, if, and it's obviously if it wasn't difficult, there wouldn't be such a great triumph when it actually happens. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Great. So number cool. one, Greg. Jay, yeah, what about you? Head. Well, mine kind of springboards off of that as well. And so honestly, this has become my favorite scene in all of Star Wars, the entire saga. And when I was a kid, it was a scene that I glossed over because I was so enamored with, you know, Jabba over or Leia overcoming Jabba and, you know, all of the action and everything else. And it's the bridge scene, you know, that we've referenced a few times already when Luke goes to give himself up to Vader. And for me, it is definitely part of that redemption, but it's also part of one of the classes that I teach is called personal wellness. And so it takes a look at who we are from the inside out and trying to work on those things. And some of it's based on the seven habits, but you know, a lot of it is also working on our personal self-esteem and also just being empathetic to others. And you know, that old phrase, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. So for Luke, the moment that he steps off of that elevator, his gaze is unwavering, you know, as he's looking at Vader. And it's it's almost like, you know, you could almost look at it and say, is this pity? Is that like, what is this? Is it's But it's the glance that knows. And there's a whole unit that I do on self-esteem and removing the masks we wear, you know, and revealing who we really are underneath and and I can't recite the whole poem, nor do we have time, but part of it says, you know, the glance that knows, the glance is precisely my salvation. If it's followed by acceptance, if it's followed by love, it's the only thing that can save me from myself. And that's exactly what Luke is doing to Vader slash Anakin here, because he's telling him, you know, father, he calls him father. And then Vader says, oh, so you've accepted the truth. And Luke says, I've accepted the truth that you were once Anakin Skywalker, my father. And of course, Vader completely rejects that. That name no longer has any meaning for me. And he says, it's your true self. You've only just forgotten. So it's it's like there's this prison that Vader is in and he's been in and, you know, partially self-made, obviously, turning to the dark side. And even when he says that to Luke and he says, you don't know the power of the dark side, it's not a threat. It's almost a plea. 
I must obey my master. And it's almost mm. like he's saying, save me. You know, you know, you know, I'm in here. Please, please save me. And eventually he does. And he, at the end, what does he do? He removes the mask and he's able to see his father for who he truly is. So I just think that that is such an amazing message for all of us that no matter what we see on the outside, there's that conflict within and we all have it. Some of us do a better job of getting through it than others, but some of us, we need a little help. We need the glance that knows. We need that person to call us out, you know, on our BS or whatever you want to call it and say, you know what? I know who the real you is and we're going to do something about this. And he does. Wow. Well, there's a, there's a doctoral thesis topic right there. <laughs> At least Jay, one. That yeah. was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> amazing. Well, I had never thought of Vader's tone in that to reflect what you're talking about. Well, that's great. You taught me about Return of the Jedi. I love it. Oh, I love, I'm, I'm teaching the teacher. That's, that's saying a lot, Dan. Wow. That's that. Thank you. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I, I just wanted I to go um, just those quiet moments in the middle of the movie. I, the way you said it, like you don't appreciate them. I think when you approach this, when you're younger, mm -hmm. to me, those are the the moments when I was struggling to stay awake when it was on USA network that once a year, you know, that, that quiet <laughs> part in the middle, but especially with what you just said, I, I don't think I'll ever kind of zone out during the quiet parts again. I'll, I'll stay locked in and, and hearing that emotion. So very nicely said. Oh, thank you. Well, that's going to be hard to follow the both of you. So I will try to add, uh, a little bit more to what you both said, but number one for me is, of course, redemption as well. Like Greg mentioned, like Jay, you talked about. So yeah, forgiveness is my number two, but with forgiveness comes redemption. You know, the ultimate love, the ultimate sacrifice is uh, the son lays down his life for his loved ones. You know, it doesn't get more Christian than that. It's just a fact. It's just an actual fact. Whether, you're, whether you believe in God or you don't, from a literary perspective, that is a very powerful motif, the idea of redemption, um, the self-sacrifice. You know, you know, man has no greater life than laid, love than lay down his life. Right? That's Luke is willing to do that. He refuses to take out his weapon, refuses to use violence. The myth of redemptive violence does not exist for Luke Skywalker in this movie. He, he's not going to do it. And Vader, after 19 years of incredible denial the likes of which we can can't possibly fathom decides to get rid of this man who was been horrible to him and he finally faces not only his outer demon but the demon within himself and metaphorically tosses that demon over the precipice and finds redemption and he turns back to the light side i just don't i just don't think you'll find anything more beautiful than but i would be disingenuous for me to say when i watched this movie when i was a kid or even in my early 20s, that it, that had that effect for me. I've heard a lot of people say that's the most powerful moment in all of Star Wars or cinema, and I'm glad that that grabs you like that. It did not grab me like that until I was an adult and out until I was older, and I could really look back at it without a, I want more action, and I like this John Williams song. And when that one part comes on, the Return of the Jedi, I'm going to jump off my bed and pretend like it's a diving board and flip like Luke Skywalker and catch my lightsaber. Right? Once I understood more about what was really being said, by Richard Marquand and George Lucas and the creatives behind Return of the Jedi, I was really able to realize what a powerful Christian symbol is here with redemption. Oh, absolutely. 
And I'm with you. I mean, I was the kid that was trying to throw toys at my light switch to try to get it to shut off. Yeah. You know, like we throw on the rock to shut the rancor cage. But I think Absolutely. That part of why Star Wars is so amazing and why it transcends so many eons and it will be forever. And, you know, I, I love to say Star Wars is forever. And it's because we can revisit these themes at any point in our lives and they mean something different to us at different stages and different ages. And so whether you're a parent, a teacher, as you evolve as a person and you revisit these themes, they never get old, you know, and I often Mm. have people say, you've seen this movie how many times, you know, you can recite every line, you know, every note of the score, you know, as you mentioned, but, but that's not what it's about. I mean, it's about what it, what it teaches us and what it continues to teach us time after time. So, and, and I just want to just quickly thank you because, you know, so many times, especially this point in the year of teaching, you know, you're like, Oh, counting down the days and (laughs) when, you know, or counting down the years to retirement or whatever. So it's just wonderful to be able to sit down with other educators and Star Wars fans and just be able to, to be inspired. So I just wanted to want to thank you for that opportunity. Oh gosh! Well, of course. I mean, my pleasure. I, I knew this, I knew with you two it was going to be a great conversation, and neither of you disappointed. If uh, first of all, thank you both. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Jay, for being on Coffee with Kenobi. Greg, you are certainly back. Welcome back anytime, my friend. Please let everybody know where they can reach out to you if they want to continue the conversation with you. Oh, it's so fantastic. Uh, you know, I have joked that I'm trying to become a professional podcast guest. Um, and Coffee with Kenobi was on a tier I'd never thought I'd achieve. So so really, truly, thank you. Oh. You're one of the masters. And, you know, your upcoming gig, you're doing something at the end of May, uh, just demonstrates <laughs> kind of your role in fandom and, and what you give to all of us. So um, thank you. I love engaging with fans. Um, so I am on Twitter and Instagram at IonCanon. So that's E-Y-E-O-N-C-A-N-O-N. Um, and I'm often on Instagram sharing my collection, my books, uh, you know, things that uh, strike my fancy and I think people might not have seen. And on Twitter, I'm trying not to defend Last Jedi all the time, every day. So, uh, But I would love to engage with anybody and hear what people say about um, their Return of the Jedi moments. Fantastic. And by the way, you, you should defend the last Jedi because it's it's a masterpiece. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> and Jay, uh, thanks, of course, again for being back on. You know you've got a, a, a spot at the coffee table list, but where can people reach out to you? And please let us know about Podcast Stardust. All right. Well, Dan, again, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. And you're you are such a superstar, you know, with everything that you do. And so and you stay humble, you know, just like Luke. So it's amazing. So, (laughs) yes. So (laughs) so you can definitely catch um, every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Dennis Keithley and I um, are pounding out three episodes a week over at Podcast Stardust. And you can catch that on basically any of your podcatchers from Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Lisbon, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. And we are at Podcast Artists on all of the socials. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And I also have my own Twitter, which is at Joyce Krebs. But if you message me over there, you have to tag me because I'm not on Twitter as often as I used to be. 
Um, I usually use uh, my Instagram and actually I use my cosplay Instagram as my main, which is at j.snipscosplay. And so my main over there is actually Ahsoka Tano from seasons three through six. And I'm actually currently working on a hair cosplay right now that I'm going to be debuting at the end of this month at Fan Expo Cleveland. So it's a wonderful community over there. Super, super supportive people, lots of content creators, lots of cosplayers, just amazing people. So I really, really suggest everybody come check that out as well. And you are seriously among the best cosplayers I've ever seen. So definitely follow Jay's Instagram for sure. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate that so much. Listening to Coffee with Kenobi, you are with Dan Z, the podcast you're looking for. This is... <laughs> A big thank you to Jay and Greg for joining me today to talk about the top five things that inspire us, that teach us, that inform us about more about ourselves and our culture, our lives. I mean, that's kind of the fun part of mythology, isn't it? Looking at these stories and what the hidden messages are, or not even if they're hidden messages, just kind of the big ideas that really stand out and make these stories last a test of time. MEI and Mouse Fan Travel is a place to go for your no-cost, no-obligation quote. They can help you plan your magical vacation to the Galactic Star Cruiser, Galaxy's Edge, the theme parks, the cruise lines, Star Wars Celebration, and anywhere else, literally, that you want to go on vacation. By the way, you can also use them and help support Coffee with Kenobi in the process at www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash mousefantravel. If you're going to Celebration this year in Anaheim next month, on May 26th at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Hilton Anaheim Mix Lounge is a celebration podcast meetup. I tried to organize this. Uh, the last couple of celebrations, all of your favorite podcasts will most likely be there. And it's a great way to meet them, talk with other podcasts, or if you're thinking about starting one, or if you just want to have fun with your friends, that's the place to do it again. May 26th at 7 o'clock p.m. at the Hilton Anaheim Mix Lounge. CWK Live is on Monday nights at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time at www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash live. And while you're on Facebook, go ahead and check out our Facebook group, the CWK Cafe at www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash community. You can find Star Wars thoughts, comments, reviews, and opinions, and leave your own in a family-friendly, spoiler, and drama-free place. Coffee with Kenobi is possible because of the members of the CWK Alliance. Thanks to you, the podcast, Facebook Live, event coverage, and so much more comes to life. Find out how you can help the show for as little as $1 a month by joining the CWK Alliance, and you'll receive access to CWK Prover, an exclusive weekly audio and video podcast not heard anywhere else. Go ahead and go to www.coffeewithcomedy.com slash support. 10%, by the way, of your monthly contributions will go directly to the St. Jude Children's Hospital. You can check out my website, www.coffeewithcomedy.com, for Star Wars news, announcements, reviews, videos, and so much more. You can also email me at danz at coffeewithkenobi.com. Connect with me on Twitter at MrZare, M-R-Z-E-H-R, Instagram at DanZareCWK, and on LinkedIn. Coffee with Kenobi is all over social media, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok. Give the show a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash coffeewithkenobi, and subscribe to Coffee with Kenobi's YouTube channel. Please take a couple of minutes to rate and review the show on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. You can go to T Public Store, our T Public Store, at www.coffeewithkenobi.com slash shop a lot of fun designs, items, t-shirts, stickers, laptop covers, all kinds of great stuff. And then, 
If you want to start a podcast or a blog or want to expand your brand, go to danzmedia.com and I can help you get that process started. I'm also available to come to your school, conference, business, or organization to talk about how to tap into your strengths and help you bring out your very best. Next week on CWK Live, we'll be looking at your top five moments from Rise of the Old Masters, the fifth episode in season one of Star Wars Rebels. And stay tuned to Coffee with Kenobi over the next month and a half or so as we get you ready to celebrate and enjoy and get the most out of your Star Wars Celebration experience. And if you're not able to go to Celebration this year, no worries. We will make you, hopefully, bring that convention to you and make you feel like you are part of the experience. Because you are, my friends, and you are, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me each and every week. Until next time, this is the podcast you're looking for. This podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Coffee with Kenobi unless otherwise indicated. This is the podcast you're looking for. There's no one here. Move along.